Hello and welcome to the Voice of Wealth podcast. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. On this programme, we will talk about the circular economy. It's certainly becoming part of our language, but what is the circular economy exactly? Here is a simple definition. The circular economy is a model of production and consumption which involves sharing, leasing, reusing, repairing, refurbishing and recycling existing materials and products as long as possible. Ed Shing, Global Chief Investment Officer from BNP Paribas Wealth Management and Isabelle Borsier from BNP Paribas Asset Management are with me today to discuss this fast-growing topic and share some investment ideas. Hello and welcome Ed and Isabel. Hello. Hello. So Isabel, I've just given a definition of the circular economy. First of all, what is the main difference between the circular economy and the sharing economy? Because they are linked, aren't they? So if I can summarise, the circular economy business model targets the sustainable production of goods and services. The idea is to fully rethink the choice and use of materials while limiting consumption and unproductive use of resources such as raw materials, water and energy. And finally, producing less waste. This contrasts with the so-called linear economy, which is a production and consumption model which consists of tech, make, dispose, which is a value chain which has existed for many years and that probably is out of fashion nowadays. So to introduce the circular economy, you have to visualize a loop. Circular economy aims to first limit the waste of natural resources, then limit our environmental impact in the production of goods and services, while increasing efficiency at all stages of the production and consumption cycles. A key principle of the circular economy is that waste can become a resource. It is therefore about consuming less non-renewable natural resources and to form a loop in the chains of production and consumption. The sharing economy you were talking about is one of the pillars of the circular economy. Quite simply, by giving our product a second life and by developing sharing practices such as carpooling, data sharing, leasing, which are probably the, the most uh, used example of a sharing economy. And what is, so what is the main aim of the circular economy? limiting the consumption and waste of natural resources, reducing the impact of humans on our environment. It's about preserving this natural capital, optimizing the use of resources and reducing the damage caused by pollution. Increased regulation, consumer awareness and scarcity of materials are significant developments that are pushing companies to search for new solutions and to adapt circular economy principles. There's a few examples that I can give about problems related to our old linear model. Criticality of certain materials and rarefaction, in particular for metals. Plastic waste, which is a threat for oceans, biodiversity and human health. The construction, for example, consumes 40% of the world's raw materials and generates between 25 to 30% of solid waste in the European Union. Electronic waste, which, is, which has a very strong environmental impact, which is increasing quantities of waste from telecommunication, IT, consumer electronic sector. For our future, we must therefore implement better waste management, aim to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, set up a review of the principle of planned obsolescence of products, and learn to share more, rent, reuse, refurbish and recycle. And who are the players involved in the circular economy? Can you please give some examples? Companies of all sectors, public authorities, you and I, uh, have a role to play in circular economy. Just to give you the principle of circular economy or the, the way the model is built, the, the model is built around five different pillars. One is circular supplies. An example is renewable energy. 
a company that you can look at is Sampra in the US. The second pillar is resource recovery, how you recover useful resources, energy, how to dispose products and buy products in order to reuse into new products. An example is Nike and the way they manufacture their shoes nowadays. The third pillar would be product life extension, how you extend working life cycle of products and components by repairing, upgrading and reselling. Caterpillar is a good example of a firm that has rebuilt its business model around this principle. Sharing platforms to enable increased use rate of products by making possible shared use, possible access ownership. For example, if I can give uh, an example within the BNP Paribas group, Quintessia, which is a leasing solution for renting for short period of time, is an example of the sharing platforms. And the fifth pillar is product as a service. So it's an offer build around giving access to product while you retain the ownership to IBM, for example, is the company that is, has built their business model around the product as a service. Thank you, Isabel, for giving some concrete examples of the circular economy. I'd like to highlight now the battle between two competing trends, fast fashion, which is increasingly online, versus the circular economy, which of course includes secondhand goods, sometimes called pre-loved or vintage. So Isabel, when people buy secondhand clothes or books, do you think they really care about contributing to the circular economy or are they more interested in saving money? What's your personal experience of this? I would say the question is how many people associate buying secondhand goods with circular economy, borrowing temporarily or regularly rather than buying? with the circular economy. From my personal experience, I was raised by my parents in the spirit of donating clothes and objects that I no longer use rather than throwing them away, trying to repair as a first step also because one of my uncle was very handy rather than buying new. But this was more in the sense of saving money. I would say the awareness of environmental impact of the reuse of your clothes, objects uh, you no longer use came more recently. And I think it is the same for repairing that rather than throwing and buying new or even giving or buying used materials to give a second life to a product. I think it's, this awareness is much more recent than the reason why I was doing it in, in the first place. So I'm not talking about sorting waste, which we have all been informed and made aware for many years, but really on this secondhand use and uh, the, the life cycle of products, which doesn't end up as soon as you think you, can, you don't need any more to use the product. So we've talked about the economical aspect, but time is also an important factor. People's time is precious, and a lot of folk prefer to throw away an article and buy another one, simply because it's too much effort to try and to amend or repair it. And repair shops are opening up on the high street, and you can bring in an, an electrical good, for example, and get it mended, usually at a much reduced price than purchasing something new. Take cars, for example. My husband is reluctant to move immediately to a hybrid or electric car because he loves going to the scrapyard to buy spare parts for our car and fitting them himself. Do you think, Isabel, that companies should focus on making items more repairable? I think they're going to be pushed by regulation and by consumer awareness. Both are increasingly everywhere in Europe, always with a view to preserving natural resources, avoiding waste and protecting the environment. For France, the roadmap for the circular economy is available actually on the website of the Ministry of the Ecology Transition. It describes a set of structuring measures that will allow all actors to enter the circular economy. The roadmap provides for a number of operational breakdown of the transition to be made to move from a linear economy, the model that is tech, make and dispose in terms of value chains, 
which is not sustainable, exhausting our planet resources in order to move to a circular model which will integrate the entire product life cycle from the eco-design to waste management, including, of course, consumption by limiting waste. And among the flagship measures to come back to the capacity to repair that you mentioned, with a view to extend the lifespan of products and to protect the consumer, one measure consists in the mandatory display for electrical, electronic and household appliances of simple information through an index that will integrate scores on the capacity to repair the good and the maturity or duration of the material. I think that's an example uh, where the regulation, where uh, consumers are asking for more information in order to be able to reduce, repair more than what we used to do in the past. Isabel Boursier, thank you very much. Thank you. So, Ed Sheng, from an investment point of view, how can people invest in this space? I think the easiest way to do this is via funds or ETFs. There are a number of funds that are available that allow you to invest in a group of companies that are very much linked to either the sharing economy or indeed the circular economy in terms of recycling, reusing and better design. It's still a little bit of a nascent sector, but certainly is gathering a lot of interest. And so there are a number of funds such as those offered, of course, by BNP Paribas, not only in mutual funds, but also with the easy ETF range. There is an, indeed a circular economy leaders ETF. So these are really the best ways, I think, today to capture this theme, which I believe will be important for some years to come. Thank you very much, Ed Sheng. To be sure to receive our audio content every week, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth on the podcast provider of your choice, such as Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict or Spotify or any other problem.